number, I'd like to return to the classics. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been it's been a minute. And like so many pandemic podcasts, once the world started to open up a little bit, our lives got rather crazy, rather wild, rather exciting, and rather insightful. And in the midst of still continuing to deal with the pandemic, we decided our creative juices can be held back no longer, and we must step forward, or step back. And it's something we wanted to do from the very beginning. For you see, some people only adopted the pod. We were born with it. And with that, welcome back to a new version, a new style, a new beginning, for this podcast is for nerds. Welcome back, Zach. That was a, that was a really good Bane impression. I like Thank that. You. I was actually practicing that on the way here. Nice. Yeah, I went back and I looked at our Instagram. I realized the last episode we did was, it's been almost a year. Um, April 17th. That's impressive, honestly. And realistically, I think Cobb said it best. What are you guys doing with a cadence? You're doing way too much. How do you how do you even make that happen? And at the time, it was easy. And then it got not easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think our lives just got a little <clears throat> a little busy and then it was yeah, kind of like last summer things kind of uh improved. Everyone was all vaxxed up. Um so we were like, we should uh go go live life and uh not do this little podcast. But um I think as everyone knows, uh this uh pandemic isn't going away and uh <laughs> it shouldn't be funny. <laughs> yeah, so we were like well and also, like as you said, you know, we need to get those creative juices flowing again. So so yeah, I'm excited to to be doing this again with you because I realized um, as I was like preparing what I wanted to talk about this week, um, there's so much that's happened in the past year um, <laughs> that I'm excited to talk with you about. I agree, and I think that there are things that I discovered that I actually am late on, as usual for me, right? that I discovered over the last year and similarities between all these things. And we are in the midst of reboot hell. Uh, and I don't mean that as like all reboots are bad. I mean that as in, oh my God, there are so many reboots happening out of nowhere. Yeah, I just saw the uh, they're doing a King of the Hill reboot, which is like one of the few I'm kind of okay with. But yeah, it is, it is kind of crazy how many things are getting rebooted. Starting with King of the Hill... Uh, so, my wife is a huge King of the Hill fan, and I am too, but I would say that she takes it to a whole other level um, of how much she loves King of the Hill, and I can't compete with that. Um, I think Mike Judge is a, uh, just his creations are awesome. I really enjoyed Silicon Valley, uh, Beavis and Butthead, when I snuck around to go watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how they approach a time skip version, especially considering they lost two very memorable and important characters in the cast yeah i'm I'm curious how they're gonna handle that if they're gonna you know just say oh they died or they moved away um because that yeah that's tough and I've, I've you know some shows have have done it like that and uh it's worked and, and i think other times it hasn't but i feel like i trust mike judge i think he'll be able to handle that i do and i i i think um i think that one of the ways they could approach it that I would be okay with even is if they even started saying, hey, you know, unfortunately we lost some people. They were really key to the cast and we can't replace them. And we want to give them as fitting a tribute as possible. Because I think that's just just coming out and saying it instead of having to write it off and be like, oh yeah, this person moved or they left. Like how are you caught up on Archer at all, by the way? I'm not. I fell off probably in season five. Um, how are they handling the loss of... Um... What's the mom's name? I can't remember. Jessica Walter. Yeah. Yeah, how are they handling that? So I think that the Dreamland or Coma series, I think it's like three or four seasons, I pretty much skipped all of that because I just, 
really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I watched some of it. I just, it felt like it was getting gimmicky and just didn't, I just didn't care. And then I went back to watch uh, the latest seasons where it's post-Coma Archer. And I feel like they did an amazing job of how they wrote those seasons. And honestly, for something I don't generally care for, rounded out the characters to kind of bring it to a nice bow tie, especially the tribute for Jessica Walter. That couldn't have been done any better. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with like comedy animated that just makes it a little easier. Oh yeah. And I think just the way they, the way they did it, couldn't have paid a better tribute. Honestly, it was, especially because, you know, her real life husband also voiced her husband on the show and he passed away as well. Um, I think a few years back. So, uh, both of their characters get a really good, like solid, solid ending. Nice. Well, I, so I don't know, um, it, what you had planned, uh, to talk about, uh, and Oh, one thing I think we haven't mentioned. So the plan for the podcast, we are bringing it back. We're going to do monthly. I think doing it every week was a lot for us and, uh, we're busy boys now. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a monthly thing. We're going to start bringing people on to talk about stuff. So I think, I I don't know, my plan to treat this episode was a bit of like a recap of 2021, um, what we've been up to and what we've been watching and playing and stuff. So I don't know if, what did you uh, plan on bringing today? Honestly, there's a lot of things that I've watched and a lot of things I've played. Um, you and I have some similarities in that. And I wanted to talk about just some of the things that, Networks have been doing as far as streaming services, um, why I still don't use TikTok, but also why <laughs> I allow, not allow, why I allow myself, yeah, I'll use the word allow, it's proper here, I'll allow myself to watch over my wife's shoulder as she watches TikTok because she has more self-control than I do, so. <laughs> all as you say that, I'm deleting the TikTok app off my phone. You know, Reels has kind of taken over. I mean, it I is, know yeah. that. And plus the algorithm for both. Um, I usually only watch car videos and car videos that are um, edited with music. And then I noticed that after some time, my algorithm started changing even when I didn't do anything to change it. So I started looking into how Reels works as well as how TikTok works respectively. And... We all know hot key topic words like echo chambers and things like that. Um, I just like car videos, so I'm just trash for that, and that's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> I know no how shortage to, I, of those on TikTok. There isn't, but I also know how to manipulate reels based on how you scroll and how much time you spend on each thing to manipulate what you see. So. Yeah, it's just fun to. I honestly got more. I got more enjoyment out of messing with how the algorithm works than I, what I was actually watching. Because I can go to YouTube and just know what I'm going to get. So, right, yeah, yeah. It is. That's kind of like the exciting thing about TikTok is like, what's like, what's the algorithm going to find for me that I'll end up really liking? Um, yeah, I ha- I have a problem with TikTok for sure. <laughs> um, I'm looking at my movies that I watched um, in 2021. Um, I'm curious, uh, how many, do you know how many movies roughly you watched last year? And then what was your favorite movie from last year? Definitely didn't watch any movies, but I did watch some, uh, obviously anime series and some TV shows that I had never seen before that have been around for a while. Um, so I have a lot to report on for that. I don't think I actually watched many movies at all, actually. All right, let's hear about your uh, your top anime of 2021. <laughs> so, this is one that I found that I recommended to you a while ago. It's called Odd Taxi. And, oh man, it's a really weird thing. All this, an animal-based world, everything's anthropomorphic, and it's about this very deadpan guy who is a taxi driver, and he has to service you know the city he lives in. With all these crazy things happening around him, he gets caught up in a mafia hit, a kidnapping. He gets uh, pushed around by some corporate guys because basically they think he kidnapped someone and killed them. And he's just the most deadpan character ever. And it really became more of a um, suspenseful kind of mystery to figure out what actually happened and what's going on with this guy. That kind of pulled me in because, you know, I love suspense and I love like 
capers and mystery trash like that. So it really was a really fun ride, and I definitely recommend it to everyone, especially because of the twists that come every episode. It was kind of nuts, honestly. Oh, really? Every episode? Every episode you get a little more insight, but nothing prepared me for what actually happened in the end. Wow. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. Um, and they left what, it on uh, a huge cliffhanger. <laughs> so are they getting a season two? I don't know. And mm. that's kind of how they left it. They left it in a way where you're up for your imagination for how it ends and how this guy's life plays out based on the ending and the last like five minutes of how they play it. So they could roll it into a season two and they could end it right there. And I, I really don't want to give too much away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, um, what streaming service is this on? This one is on Crunchyroll. We're okay. not sponsored by Crunchyroll. So I don't know the thing that people say when they're sponsored by Crunchyroll. Sign up now for a trial Se- of seven day free days. trial. Yeah. Seven day free trial. <laughs> Um, honestly, um, I've been yeah, kind of hopping be awesome. around. I've been hopping around streaming services just to kind of see who has the most of what I want and only pay for that. I saw someone had posted that they were frustrated by having so many different ones, and they wished there was something that had it all in one place. And it made me realize that we are at an age now where there are some people who are unaware of what cable is. Oh yeah, I I was just talking about this recently. I was like, I remember when I moved out, and I was like, I'm never getting cable. Like, I just need a streaming service. It's so much cheaper. And now I look at how many streaming services that I pay for. So I've got Netflix, Hulu, Prime, HBO, uh, Disney+. Plus. I Like, at this point, I feel like I'm paying for, for cable. Like, I'm probably paying more than I would if I just had cable. Do you feel like having all of those, like, so a lot of those are actually bundled. Do you pay for them individually, too? Or is it just like you have them? Yeah, well, so I know there's that Disney, um, Hulu, ESPN bundle, but my understanding is that that bundle is Disney with ads, and I just I can't do ads. <laughs> um, so I, I pay for it individually, and, and now I'm remembering I also have Apple TV, and I've also got, um, not Peacock, uh, Paramount Plus, um, okay. which is actually, it's kind of my... Um, my sleeper, uh, I think one of the more underrated streaming services of the last year. Um, nice. I get it. I get it for free through my from my uh, phone service, but um, it's it's got a lot of well, it's got all the South Park is on there now, um, <laughs> but it's also got all these like nostalgia shows. I was scrolling through it um, with my wife the other the other night, and they've got like MTV Cribs. They've got like all the dating shows from MTV, like Next. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great for like a nostalgia trip. They've got all the old Nickelodeon shows. Like, I don't know if you watched Kablam when you were growing up. Um, no, it's got a lot a of those. That's a throwback to season one. I was definitely more of a Toonami adult swim kid. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've, they've got like all the Netflix and MTV stuff. It's, it's pretty great, but I think my, my number one is still, um, HBO max is probably my most used. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think we have been, as a family, watching Peacock more, just because it has Parks and Rec, the superfan episodes of The Office, superfan episodes of Parks and Rec, and I honestly think that's it. Um, The other day, someone turned on Modern Family, and I'd never seen that show before, and it's a really weird, like cognitive dissonance when you watch a kid on the show and you go oh, that kid is funny or whatever and then you see that like it's been like 15 years or so and they're an adult <laughs> oh yeah and I, I just didn't know any of this had happened or transpired and also i didn't realize like i knew there were shows that were clones of the office i didn't realize how blatantly some of these shows are clones of the office like modern family has the like straight to camera narrative scenes but there's no justification for it. Like, in The Office, it's under the pretext of this is a documentary. Parks and Rec, they stole it. It's under the pretext of a documentary. But who the hell is interviewing these people <laughs> in modern Right, family? exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the dad yeah. is a weird mix-up of, like, his one, his straight-to-narrative shots are a weird mix-up of, like, Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute, and a little bit of, like, 
Ryan. So the three main characters and Jim, I guess, the three, four main characters in the office put in a blender, which he does really well. Shout out to Ed O'Neill. He, if someone said, hey, we want you to be these four characters at once, do it. He did it. Not even going to give him crap for that. I'm just amazed that I didn't. It was weird. I was eating food, looking down, and heard Dwight looked up and saw Ed O'Neill. And I was like, what the hell? Wait, no. Sorry. Nope. No. That's, wait a minute. That's not Ed O'Neill. The dad on Modern Family is not Ed O'Neill. <laughs> he's not? I, no. it's He's the grandfather. Who is it? Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah, in my mind, Ed O'Neill's real name is Al Bundy, my spirit animal. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... His Who's the dad? On, I forgot now. That's oh Ty Burrell. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Ty Burrell plays yeah. those four characters perfectly. But in that show, the only reason I continue to watch it is because Ed O'Neill is my spirit animal in real life. Like if I have aspirations in life, it's his <laughs> character. Like without having to learn lessons every four episodes, because like we get it. All right. Like talking is hard. People got hurt in the past. We should talk about it, whatever, get it over with. But, like, every four episodes, I don't need a life lesson. Just give me a fun ride. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I can't believe how long that show went for. That went for, like, a decade, didn't it? I think so. The cool thing is that they use the same characters, so you got to see the kids grow up, I guess. Like, that's something my wife commented on. But I didn't really... I think Shameless did the same thing, actually, where the characters just kind of stayed on the cast and, like... The children who were on it didn't get switched out for, like, different kids to keep them the same age. They all kind of grew up on the show, for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I really enjoyed Shameless. I, I kind of fell off, but I get the last season just came out um, last year. I need to, I just feel, like, obligated to finish it. Yeah, that's the difference between you and I when it comes to really bad books. I just put the book <laughs> down. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know that I've ever walked away from a book. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I need to give that a shot. Um, okay, I'm your, trying to think. So, top, what was your top movie from last year? Oh, top movie. Um, I'm going through my my letterbox list from uh, 2021 here. I saw a lot of trash last year. <laughs> um, I'm rolling. Quiet I'm Place Two. My... Oh, was no. terrible. Uh, <laughs> Cruella was fine. Uh, Tenant was awful. Um, really that's unfortunate yeah i mean like i just couldn't hear anything like the sound mix is is i'm assuming it was intentional but it was really jarring for me um the little things which was um it was the rami malik denzel washington like murder mystery movie um that was terrible (laughs) um oh i saw dune dune last year that's that's definitely up there that's probably one of my top ones okay um the new spider-man was was pretty amazing was that and then oh not intentional but yeah (laughs) it was (laughs) um and then i saw this really great movie um called the beta test um and it's from one of my favorite directors. His name's uh, Jim Cummings. He did a movie called Thunder Road um, that I really liked. And it's just kind of like a small town cop um, who's dealing with like a divorce and, a, and the death of his mom. And uh, I think he's just like, he's such a good director and an actor. And so this new beta test movie he just came out with, um, it's all about this Hollywood agent who gets this letter to uh, to like have anonymous sex with somebody. So he has like an affair on his wife and it's just about his like meltdown after that. And like his, uh, he's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, suspicious of everybody. He's, he feels like, uh, somebody's like caught him in the act and he's being followed and stuff. It's, it's really good. It's, it's, uh, it's dark, but it's, it's super funny too. Um, nice. And it's yeah, it's one of his best. So that's that's up there. And then I saw the the new uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Licorice Pizza. It's got. Um, and are you familiar with the band Haim? The name sounds familiar. And I actually did see a trailer for this um, for this show or this movie. Actually, tell me more about it. Um, so yeah, it's got so the band Haim. It's like these three sisters. They're a rock band, um, but one of the girls is the main character. One of the members of the band is the main character in this movie. 
Um, and the other one is, uh, Cooper Hoffman, who's, um, well, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Um, so this is his first movie. Um, and, uh, Bradley Cooper's in it. Um, but it's, it's set in the, I think it's like the sixties, seventies. Um, and it's in, it's in the Valley. Um, and it's basically, um, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son plays this like high schooler who's, he's kind of an entrepreneur. He's an actor and he meets this girl, um, who's the main, main band member for Haim. Um, and he's kind of like in love with her. She's like significantly older than him. And it's just kind of their friendship that builds. And, uh, it's, it's super funny. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. He's, he's really never missed for me. Um, I think the last one I saw of his was Phantom Thread, uh, which was really good. Um, and it was the last Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. If, if you like that, like, uh, 70s, that that time period, I think it's a great love letter to it. And uh, the music's awesome. Um, the acting's great. It's super funny. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. That's probably, that's probably my top movies of the year. Right on. I think I love movies that have really odd titles like that too. Though that can attract me to a movie way more than a trailer can sometimes. And when I saw that, my first thought was the flavors of licorice and pizza, how disgusting that is, and also how to make a pizza that pairs well with a specific kind of licorice. So my mind just was just intrigued and sparked just from that alone. Yeah, I think I think we ha- I had a similar reaction when I saw the trailer in theaters. <laughs> What have you seen? So, have you been to the theaters in the last year? I'm, you just said you were, but yeah. Yeah, I've got I've gone a few times. Um, I think you know more in the summer of last year we were going pretty frequently, um, and then I saw like the big tent poles. So like Dune was really good. Um, had an awesome time. I actually saw that twice in theaters, and then I watched it once at home because it was on HBO Max, which was the nice thing. Is like all these HBO uh, show movies ended up on, on the streaming service. So you didn't have to go to the theater. Um, but that was one I wanted to see in IMAX. Um, we went and saw the, the last bond movie with Daniel Craig. Um, which I, I enjoyed, I thought it was good. Um, so yeah, I've, I probably went and saw like maybe 10 or 11 movies in theaters last year. How do you feel going back to a theater versus being able to stream to your house? Does it feel like a hassle or do you feel like you've been like, man, it's so good to be back? Yeah, I think I'm in the minority. I really, I really enjoy the movie theater. Um, and I think during COVID, a lot of people were like, this is kind of nice just being able to stream it at home. And I I think it is, it is awesome to have that option. Um, but I, I just really like the spectacle of going to the movies and, um, you know, getting the popcorn, sitting in the the nice seat, and the awesome sound system that that they have, and and the big screens. It's just like way better than anything I can replicate at home. So, I really enjoy it. I, I, so you don't you don't really go at all. Is is that is has it been nice having the option to watch these big like blockbuster movies from home? Honestly, I'm gonna say no. And I do want to go to a movie theater again. I feel like my focus is really, really not there when I'm at home. Like, I have a really decent setup. I'm not going to complain at all. But I don't enjoy being in the house that much. Um, Especially for me, what I associate with home is more, like, work sometimes so i'll come home and like okay cool let's go do something let's go outside and do something and granted my wife is an introvert and i think my kid is going to be more of an introvert depending on his mood he's still younger and things are not cool so i just don't tell him anything is cool and then he like gradually comes around and thinking it's cool i just leave him alone um (laughs) (laughs) i think it goes either way like i think being able to i think depends on what my work week looks like if i'm mostly working from home i want to go out and do something if I'm at work a lot, being able to come home and not be out in like crowds is really like relaxing. So it just kind of depends on like, I think the kind of week I've had and the kind of week we've had collectively, because like there is something to be said for like, you know, if you're tired already, being able to come home and just kind of crash on the couch, all of us sit and watch a movie, the dog's running around and then she just like jumps on one of our laps and we all just kind of sit there and end up just like knocking out. 
Yeah. I can't do that in movie theater. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I've definitely passed out in the movie theater before. <laughs> I have too. I was during Hangover 2, actually. Uh, oh, I don't blame you. That one was pretty bad. <laughs> well, it was great to me because I had like uh, six adios motherfuckers at that time. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, if I a- can recommend one... One movie that you could watch at home, probably not with the kid. Um, it was my my sleeper hit of last year was uh, Pig. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, no, it's tell me. Nicolas Cage, um, and he's a truffle hunter um, out out west, and uh, and his pig gets stolen, and uh, it's kind of like his. It's I I think the way the the trailers have pitched it is like it's similar to um oh what's that movie with keanu reeves um where where he's uh his dog gets killed i'm not even gonna tell you because you know the name of the movie i do it's i'm just oh john wick sorry there we go um (laughs) yeah so it was kind of pitched as a john wick um but with nicholas cage instead of keanu reeves um (laughs) but it's not that at all um and it's like it's surprisingly good um and i think it's one of nick cage's best performances can you just imagine going to a boardroom and going all right guys i got a great idea we're ready to sweep the floor with this one imagine the hit series john wick but without keanu okay so what do you do okay okay (laughs) picture this all right we put in another actor another beloved american actor Nicolas Cage. You want to reboot John Wick as Nicolas Cage? Yes, <laughs> but not with a dog. With a pig. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what's the premise? Is it like, what's happened? Get this. He's a mushroom hunter. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird... It's definitely a weird pitch. It was... um. It was really good, though. I, I think it's one of Nicolas Cage's best performances. Um, so if you like Nick Cage at all, um, I know he can be hit or miss for a lot of people. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Um, you know what? I'm fu- going to go on record about this with Nick Cage. He does not deserve the crap he's been given in his acting career. <laughs> Agreed. I, I mean, he definitely hams it up in a lot of movies, but it's clearly intentional. And, you know, he hams it up, but, like, that was what the industry called for at the time. Like, yeah, that's exactly. what people wanted. That's not his fault. He did what he's supposed to do. Gone in 60 Seconds and Eleanor is still amazing. Now, granted, Wicker Man was... It's hilarious to watch, honestly. But, Nick Cage, I he was in a series called The Art of Cursing on Netflix. And I haven't finished it yet, but he just goes through all the curse words that exist. And, you know... It's Nicolas Cage. If I, Holy I shit, never... I totally forgot about that. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> I love that show. I thought that was great. Yeah, it, it's, you know, name someone else who can just bring a smile to your face for whatever reason. Like, I think Nicolas Cage and Guy Fieri get shit they don't deserve for for any reason. Yeah, I, I mean, Guy Fieri has never uh, pretended to be, like, this world-class chef. He's, like, he's a chef of the people, man. <laughs> he's, the, he's the rock of the chef world. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a movie with the two of them. That would be... I wouldn't even know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what the plot would be, but we can uh, we can come up with something. <laughs> the rock's in everything, so he, I'm sure he'll find a way to get in a movie with Guy Fieri. Yeah. Well, did, I don't know if you heard. He just announced that he's going to be part of a movie that's an adaptation of one of the biggest video games ever. He hasn't said what it is. I did hear that, and I think, I think that um, I have two guesses, honestly, for which one he, which character he might portray. But I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. Well, you know, I don't know. He did. Um, He's done a few video game movies, hasn't he? He does, he has. I think uh, Doom was one of them, actually. Oh, yeah. I never. I actually never saw that one. I forgot. Um, that. <laughs> I, so my thought is it, it has to be Fortnite. Oh, I didn't think that at all, actually. Ooh, what's your... Uh, 
what are you what's your gauge on this situation my guess is he's either going to be master chief or he's going to be kratos oh dude he would be such a good kratos oh my gosh um well you know they're doing the uh the halo series on um paramount plus i think it comes out this year i did not know that i actually didn't honestly the halo i never watched any of the halo series like shows or movies just because the games are cinematic enough for me i just didn't have a reason to really go do that (laughs) yeah um yeah there it's it's gonna be on paramount plus i'm trying to remember i think it's a spielberg production the uh the new halo show wow um okay it's some actor i've never heard of is playing uh, master chief um i i don't know if they have a like a cortana in the show or not but um yeah who i'm would, looking who forward would to you that. Ca- who would you cast as cortana if you had um that's a good question um he needs somebody that's super charismatic um but can be serious too um i guess you could in theory you could do it animated and just have somebody's voice right um true but if you're gonna do because they kind of already have that so if you're gonna do someone like who was playing Cortana, kind of how Julie Roberts did Tinkerbell way back in the day with the movie Hook. Who would you choose? Oh, yeah. I, I guess uh, if, if we're going to do somebody like that's actually like going to be physically in the role, maybe like an Aisha Tyler, I think she might make a good uh, Cortana. Okay. I was thinking, just based on appearance and the fact that they can actually do a Cortana hairstyle based on, like, the move, based on the game, um, I'm forgetting her name right now, but she played Hit Girl in Kick-Ass. Had a bunch oh, of um, in. yeah. Well, now I have to look it up. Yeah, I'm, I know. We, we, we tried to get away without Googling anything, but guess what? We're humans and we forget things, so. Exactly. Oh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yes, I think she played a pretty sick Cortana because she has that edge and she has that kind of, like, she can switch back and forth between being super professional, but also like giving Master Chief hell for you know all the shit that Cortana's giving Master Chief hell for. Yeah, and you know you could do an origin story, so you have like a young Cortana, and then she can kind of like age into the role. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'd be I'd be into that. So I know that. How do you feel about? video game adaptations to movies like since we talked about this like a year and a half ago but i feel like (laughs) video games have gotten more in the public conscience than they ever were i mean streamers are having music videos and are like celebrities now twitch has gotten more popular you have like actual drama and beefs between streamers and whatever the hell i don't know i just it's just interesting to see the evolution of that i never expected it to be as popular as it was is yeah, um, I can't think of, like, many good um, video game movie adapt movie adaptations of video games. Like, um, Detective Pikachu was fine, I guess. Um, but I think if it wasn't Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu, I probably wouldn't even, like, rank it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I mean, if it's... I feel like if it's God of War, if if The Rock is going to be Kratos in God of War, a God of War movie, I think that they would do a pretty good job. I, I mean, Sony does not have a great track record of of reproducing their video games as movies. I don't know if you saw the um, the Mark Wahlberg um, Drake's Fortune uh, movie that they're that they're doing. I saw the trailer, but also just had no interest in it. I played the Uncharted games, and I am, I'm a fan of both of those actors. I just don't care to see the games that... Again, the games are really cinematic already, portrayed in this way. You know? Right. Yeah, I was like... Because I'm a big fan of the Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider series. Um, they're super good. And so I was really hyped for the, for the new Tomb Raider movie, and... Um, it turned out to not be very good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, 
you know, if they if they bring in the writers from the actual video games to write a God of War movie, like I'm I'm 100% in. And The Rock would be great. Although like Kratos is such a serious character and I have a hard time taking The Rock seriously. That's fair. I was just thinking if they I was just thinking that he is actually not probably he has the range to be super serious, but that's not his draw as a as a actor, I think. I don't know if he could pull off Master Chief and Kratos are both not really talkative people. <laughs> right, yeah. And I think my big concern with how movies approach video game character development is very different. Like, have you played The Last God of War? Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan. So how he came around to um, kind of being more open with Atreus and everything, I think that was a natural and gradual progression that you get out of a 60-hour game. A movie has an hour and a half, and they tend to kind of shoehorn emotional growth really badly, and it's really, like, not... I mean, it's fine. You have to do what you have to do for an hour and a half. I can't knock them for that. But when you have 60 hours to grow the character and actually, like, fight alongside them versus sitting and watching an hour and a half of, like, oh, wow, now we've connected. Let's play the triumphant trumpet music and slay the bad guy. I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of taking the air out of my sails for this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would be more interested in a series, maybe, like, an eight-episode um, series because I feel like you could get a lot more done that way um, and and kind of address some of those valid concerns that you have about the the character growth. Um, but there's a million million freaking shows and oh yeah, and I think that's kind of like why I kind of stayed more to shows over the last year than movies. That said, there's been a lot of great movies that you've recommended to me, so I'll definitely check them out. Like I think I still reference Parasite and. Um, burning like those are still some of my favorite movies of all time now because of you um (laughs) and with that i think circling back to the rock um i had a very horrific image in my mind about kratos just being scorpion king 2 dude i was was thinking the same thing (laughs) oh my gosh it's the worst cgi i can imagine yeah, that kind of scared me for a second, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see him as Kratos fighting the Scorpion King. Ooh. So Ooh. I don't I don't think that's possible, but I would like to see it. If they did, they would just do another like CGI thing with uh like with the twins movies, like whatever they had like what was it Double Trouble or what was it called? Uh The Parent Trap. There we go. That's what the word I was trying to say. Oh yeah, yeah. Twin yeah, CGI. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'm very curious. I, you know, I think The Rock does not have a good track record for video game movies, but I don't think you know. I think if anyone's gonna do a good job, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't typically blame The Rock for the for the bad movie adaptations he's in. It's usually the writing. Yeah, I feel like The Rock is there to have fun, and I'm more down with that. I really enjoy when people are actually having fun with what they're doing, and he brings, like, life to it. And, you know, he brings personality to it that, like, he's honed over his career. And I'm never going to knock The Rock for that. So, Rock, forever listening, we ever end up working out at some point in time, just know, I didn't watch Jungle Cruise, but I got (laughs) your back, bud. I got your back. (laughs) I didn't watch that either. It kind of looked good, but... You know, I, I think it's on Disney know. Plus. It is. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know. It, I didn't know that it was based off a ride. Just how Pirates of the Caribbean was based on a, a ride. I didn't know the history, and I got like more lost in the history of adapting a ride to become a movie. Which, in my mind, is like that's what are you doing? How does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's fun. I didn't realize that either until I was at. I actually went to Disney um last last year and uh i saw the ride um at disney i didn't actually go on it but um yeah i didn't realize it was a ride either um but you know i mean they've you know they've they've done stuff like that before where they make a movie out of something that doesn't really seem like there's like a story there like the lego movie seemed to work out so (laughs) yeah that i i'm impressed with I'm impr- I, hmm, how do I word this? 
Given the fact that we are in reboot hell, I am impressed with any original ideas that get adopted by mainstream media that don't get drowned out by nostalgia polls. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, that has been my biggest thing, um, is kind of avoiding the uh, the nostalgia bait, other than Paramount+. Plus. Um, <laughs> yeah, did you watch um, Midnight Mass on Netflix last year? I did not. What is? I actually I forgot that I had Netflix and just barely got back into watching it like a couple weeks ago. But a lot of that was catching up on the Great British Baking Show, and Baki yes. has a new series out now, which is called Baki Hanma, and it's a great series to watch if you're into guttier animes that are high octane and unapologetic. Oh, I love that. Um, I'll have to watch that. And Great British Bake Off has been awesome. The new season was pretty great. Although, I, I spoilers, I guess, um, if you didn't watch <laughs> the newest season. Um, as much as I love my Italian stallion, um, I don't think he should have won. Yeah. Yeah. I... It was a very interesting group of people this time around, honestly. like every, I think they do an amazing job of casting. But, excuse me, sorry, that was a little bit of a coffee burp, everyone. Uh, coffee is a <laughs> little bit of a ritual here at this podcast. It's for nurses. We're recording on a Saturday morning. But, yeah, very. I love how their casting always seems to be really well done. And it's, it's a good show. It, it, don't watch it while you're hungry, because then you'll try and bake something. It's going to blow up in your kitchen, and you'll be disappointed with yourself. It's a DoorDash kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I would literally every time we would watch it, we would DoorDash something to eat while we were while we were watching the show. And and Noel Fielding is just such a an amazing man. <laughs> he just <laughs> I, I love, love how he can perfectly play off being like super goth in wardrobe some days, and then just have like the dark eyeliner and wear like a pink flamingo shirt and high boots. And it's just like, come on, what what's happening with this guy? It's awesome. <laughs> I want all of his shirts. His shirts are incredible. I honestly, I want his eyeliner. I don't wear eyeliner, but I feel like if I wore Noel's eyeliner, it would be more depth to my meetings. You you could pull it off, I think. I have the, I have the eyelashes for it, for sure. But, uh... <laughs> oh, okay, so Midnight Mass. It's a Netflix yeah, sorry. show. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> have you watched Haunting of Hill House? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, it's the same director. Um but it's a really good show. It's it was my favorite show of last year for sure. Um, it's about a small uh, fishing town. It's like a little island, and um, so this priest um, that uh, was part of the town went to um, Israel, um, and so the this new this new pastor comes into town. And, uh, you know, lets them know that he'll be taking over in his absence. And then all this weird stuff starts to happen. I don't want to say too much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's got some of the best performances of the year. Um, and I'm really excited because the director is doing, um, an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation for Netflix that I think comes out at the end of the year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Honestly, just from the screenshots I'm seeing, um, doing a quick Google search, it looks really sick. Yeah, it's it's very dark. Um, yeah, it's just it's like a really original. Uh, it's you know just talking about original stories. It's it's it does a very good job, and um, yeah, I just really love everything that director does. So if you watch Honey of Hill House or if you watch Bly Manor, um, I think you're really going to love this. Um, and Raul Coley is, is probably one of my favorite actors right now. And he just absolutely crushes his performance as uh, the local sheriff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll look into this, actually. it's. Uh, I actually realized I'm actually getting like mixed images of Midnight Masses at actual churches, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not from the movie, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, that's... <laughs> It's also easy. I think it's like eight episodes, so it's not a huge time commitment. I think that's um, a perfect. That's a perfect little season. Those eight episodes. People have been adopting that a lot more, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like Netflix had this standard where, like, all their seasons early on when they were doing originals had to be thirteen, and I was like, 
it's just too much just just cut it down <laughs> yeah i i think that's just kind of one of those things where it's like okay at some point you hit that hell where it'll get too long or too short and if you want to garner intrigue leaving a little bit of shortness is probably really good just to kind of help that out a little bit um i think another series that I, I just complain about that a lot with animes, honestly. Because if I if I go through and look at an, a show, and I, there's certain key things I know to avoid, if you have a cute mascot, like a Pikachu-type character that makes weird noises in the first four episodes, I'm skipping you. If you <laughs> are going to have a character that's yelling and crying and kind of a lecher the whole time, I'm skipping you. And I am sh- particularly calling out everyone's favorite anime right now, Demon Slayer. Dude. I only watch the highlight scenes because that yellow-haired bastard pisses me off. And I, anybody who's like, oh, well, you just don't, he's a lover. Shut up. <laughs> Shut, stop yeah. talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do it. I've, I've heard season two is significantly better, but I just, like, I can't stomach through. I don't know. I've probably got at least, like, 12 episodes left of the first season. I just went and read the manga and finished it that way. I can put my own character voices in their heads and just not listen to that happening. <laughs> again just to call back for those who are new i have nothing against the voice actors who are doing their job to make that money not against it i just have i'm I, <laughs> i'm an adult i've watched so much i've i've watched the original episode of one piece and whatever this doesn't give me like cred or whatever i just i'm done trying to like stomach characters that annoy the shit out of me you don't need these gimmicky things to make me watch a show. If you get too opi for the show, get whatever. I'm out. I don't. I don't need that. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I don't need to watch giant anime boobs to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm 12 or 16 watching this thing. Like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I want gut. <laughs> I want grit. I want fighting. I want suspense. I want Lupin the Third. All the parts. They're all great. I want Baki Hanma. I want just to, if someone gets kicked, I don't want to see a fade to white. I want to see, like, the blood fly out of their ears. That's that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I'm, in, I'm in a similar boat. I, uh, I'm big on the mystery animes. Those are usually my go-to. Um, but I feel like we need to transition um, because we always talk about video games on this podcast. Um, and there's a lot of video game news and I also want to talk about your favorite video games from last year. Um, so are you familiar with the latest Xbox acquisition, Zach? (laughs) Oh man, am I ever? And I will admit, you know how most people pop on and hop on Instagram and scroll. I do do that. I have done that. But what I've been doing instead to offset that is watching SVG news in the morning and man, is there a lot to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess for those that don't know or don't follow it, um, uh, Microsoft will be acquiring Activision Blizzard um, <laughs> in fiscal year 2023. So I think it'll be like mid-2023 to to early 2024, I think, is like when, when everything will be done. Um and it costs them like $69 billion. Um, and this is after they had closed the deal uh, with ZeniMax Bethesda. Um, and that was like $7 billion. Um, it was like not even a year year ago that that happened. Um, talk, talk about a... I wonder how Bethesda felt about that little slap in the face. Like that, you know, $62 billion slap in the face right there. Well, you know, you have to consider what they're acquiring. I mean, this this is probably the biggest one of the well, Sony's I think the biggest video game company still. Um, but I think Activision Blizzard was like in the top 5 as far as like profits. Um That's fair. So, they're getting Activision who are responsible for like Call of Duty, um Overwatch, um blizzards you know starcraft you know i there's a possibility we could get world of warcraft on the xbox which would be incredible yeah but i think the big thing that people are overlooking and where a lot of this 69 billion dollars is coming from is they're getting king 
they're the uh, mobile video game developer that made Candy Crush, which continues to be like one of the biggest mobile games in the world. Does it really? Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I mean, Candy Crush has been around probably over a decade, right? And it's still always like the number one game on the on the App Store. Um, so I imagine that's where a lot of the money's coming from. But they're also getting some like other cool stuff. They're getting you know, Infinity Ward, obviously, so they're going to have, I mean, in theory, I think the, the standalone Call of Duty titles going forward are going to be um, Xbox exclusive, which I think is going to hurt the, the PlayStation heads. Um, but they're also getting, like, Toys for Bob, so we could see some, um, I think they did, pretty sure they did the Tony Hawk series, so we might get more Tony Hawk games in the future. Um, which I would be really happy about, but we're also getting um, Crash Bandicoot, um, which oh, is rad. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. Yeah. So I don't know. What are, What are your thoughts on this sec? I think people have mixed feelings. I know that a lot of people who are um, loyal to the PlayStation platform were super concerned for the reasons you said about making it exclusive to Xbox and then pulling those exclusives off of pulling those exclusives off of PlayStation and basically handing them over. Um, I don't know if they would necessarily do that with all of the major titles that exist, because I feel like you stand to lose a lot more overall by doing that, as opposed to kind of bringing some over to the Xbox One and kind of making both platforms, especially if we're moving towards a future where we can do cross-platform play, you kind of stand to lose a lot by uh, isolating like that. So... I'm not sure what the plan is there, and I'm also curious to see what third-party developer to support they offer by making things more accessible in the Xbox uh, Game Pass store. Um, for example, you asked about games I played last year. I played a lot of random little games last year that were just on the Game Pass just to kind of try them out. Some were really fun, some were kind of trash, and some were trash but in the best way possible. So. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Honestly, it's still too early for me to tell. Yeah, I I think you're right. I I could see a situation, you know, like with Minecraft, where it's it's a legacy series, and you know they can't they can't take it off of all the other consoles because they're pulling in so much money. So I could see like a Call of Duty Warzone, which is their like free to play, like keep that as a uh, as a cross platform title. Because they're going to get money from it anyways. Um, uh, one thing I had seen thrown around was that maybe they will uh, see if if PlayStation would allow for Game Pass on the PS5. Um, I don't know that that will ever happen. Um, uh, yeah, I don't but, see you know, a they can... that either. What was that? I, I don't see a benefit of that. Well, I mean, the the... It, it seems that Microsoft's strategy now is is all they're all in on game pass that's that's their big that's their big pull they're not looking to sell video games anymore they're looking to sell this subscription service so you know they just reported I think in line with this announcement that they have 25 million uh, game pass subscribers right now Um so I think that's going to be their big focus is just getting everybody on on Game Pass. So if they take all of these titles and make them exclusive, but they say, hey, if you subscribe to Game Pass on the PS5, you'll have access to those games. Um, oh, I again, see. I don't I don't know that Sony will ever be down with that, and I don't think Nintendo ever will be. But um, I think if you know Microsoft continues to buy up these companies that um it's kind of inevitable yeah that's a good point i am a game pass subscriber and i enjoy honestly enjoy it because especially when i'm bored like right now there's not a ton of games for me to really dive into um i'm waiting for um the new borderland style game tiny tiny tina's adventure wonderlands or whatever which is a standalone game and not a dlc like we thought um oh yeah that's like the D D type one right yeah. Very so I'm cool. looking forward to I'm very looking forward to that. Other than that, I mean, I played Halo Infinite. Great game. Great, great mechanics. Honestly, um, I'm not gonna buy into their uh, season pass. I don't think it's worth it. 
and I played Destiny a lot last year, actually, and then they pulled that from the Game Pass, and I didn't feel like going to get it again, so, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, a Game Pass has a lot of perks, but just not when you don't know, I think it's good for finding, like, random games, like, I found a game called Deer Simulator, your average everyday (laughs) deer game, and it is, to me, one of the most ridiculous games I've ever seen in my entire life. Imagine a world where you're a deer. No, sorry, I'm sorry. Take that back. You're a human that goes to save a deer from getting hit by a bus. You die and wake up as a deer. But this deer has the powers to change its antlers into machine guns, throw grenades, and use its neck like Spider-Man and attach onto buildings and fly and fight stuff. Um, Okay. Is this yeah. made by the people that made uh, Goat Simulator? No, it's made by Playism. Okay, huh. it's I. It's where everyone should try it. It's the the gameplay. There's no guidelines on how to do anything. You're just supposed to wreck the city and collect guns and keep destroying things as much as possible before the police take you out. And the police are different versions of animals armed with different mechanized things, and it doesn't make any sense. But it's just irreverent in all the right ways, especially when you're not wanting to really think about what you're doing. So, right, it's like the opposite of a puzzle game like Crash Bandicoot, which can get really difficult and stressful. This is just like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to give that a shot. I, um, yeah, I've I've not heard of it at all. But yeah, I think Game Pass is good for those like little weird titles like that that are just probably not going to get big reach it's probably great marketing um for those like small indie devs so yeah um so is that was that probably your favorite game that you played last year you know i I think for all i've been giving crap about nostalgia and things like that my favorite game last year was honestly halo infinite and Dude, it's it it's out, so good. Yeah, it. I know it came out this year technically, but since we haven't done this in a year, I'm counting it as my year because it really just like I wasn't looking forward to it because I didn't think it was going to be good because they talked about how they were going to change the uh, story progression and how things happen and the mechanics. I wouldn't say they're clunky, but when you get into it and you try to play like old Halo without really looking at the controls and adjusting. You know, it can be, like, a little jarring, but the minute you get into it and you get your flow down, it feels great. I love that they brought back, you know, the big team battles, which was one of my favorite things because they're just it's just nonsense. Um, the new Fiesta game mode is amazing where you just get random guns every time you spawn in. It, it's just a lot of fun. And I think the grapple hook and the different um, gear, uh, the different gear, uh, what are they called, the powers, applications? Yeah. Yeah, the with like the shield and the um the little boost thing. Yeah. Yeah. Grapple hook all day. But yeah, that's Oh, dude, it's so it feels incredible. <laughs> like I just love swinging across a map and then like landing on top of somebody and knocking them out. It's great. <laughs> stealing weapons, I mean stealing vehicles with the grapple is just game-changing or just getting to a good sniper perch is just nuts <laughs> because of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's is definitely I was super nervous. So like, you know, when I think we had talked about it when they when they first showed gameplay and it looked pretty rough. And then they made the decision to delay the game like I think it was almost a year. And I think we had discussed that it was probably a good idea and you know, now in high, like now that we've we've played the game, I haven't beat the campaign. I've been mostly doing online actually. Um but I think um, now that now that we have it, I, I do think that delay was a good call because I can't imagine how rough it would have been if that game had come out, you know, end of 2020. Um, I don't think it would have been as polished as it is now. I agree. And I think, like, for the continuation of the story, they did an amazing job. And I think that um, just it, it brought... My, my friend and I were playing it, actually. You and I should hop on and do some online, too. Um, it, (laughs) it just felt smooth. Like I love going to the, the controller settings and finding 
the control settings for Bumper Jumper. If you, anybody who's played Halo knows what Bumper Jumper is, and it's just that's that was my bread and butter, honestly. Like that's what I love to play with, and you have like the legacy settings, which I do not recommend to anybody who's played a recent, more recent Halo, because it takes you all the way back to the Halo One settings, and if you forgot how to play Halo One, <laughs> it'll <laughs> mess you up. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I'm, I was super impressed. I, th- I think it's really good, and I d- finally was able to get a Xbox Series X, and it just looks amazing in 4K at at 60 frames. It's a it's a beautiful game. Good to know. I'm still rocking the one. Um, I've done other upgrades, like I have a better monitor and PC setup. Um, I will eventually do to the One X. So you had the one before, right? You had. So yeah, I had the Xbox One. I bought it like right when it came out. So I was originally a PS4. Um, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a PlayStation this year. And then there was like nothing that I was super excited for coming out for it. And then when they announced the Xbox One and then the Master Chief Collection, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into Xbox One. So I had the Xbox One, the original one, and then I had the Series S. Was the last thing I was rocking, and it was, it was starting to show its age. Um, especially in comparison, like I would play Sea of Thieves with my friends that are playing on a Series X and, um, it just looked really bad. So, um, I was lucky enough, uh, my friend was able to get one from Walmart and, um, so yeah, I've had it for a couple months and, um, it's like night and day difference. That's good to know. I was holding back just because I feel like for right now it suits my needs and i wasn't sure if it was really worth the upgrade to doing it so i wanted to wait but that's good to hear actually (laughs) yeah the nice thing is at least the uh the series s's are a lot easier to get um i see those at like target all the time um so if you want to do like a it's not going to be as amazing as the series x but it'll definitely be a big improvement over the um over the one you're the Xbox One that you have, um, they're a lot easier to get, and they're they're significantly cheaper. I think the Series S is like three hundred bucks, or two fifty maybe. Um, to the the Series X is like five hundred. I actually don't know what. Oh, that's what the difference is. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember what. Oh, that one terabyte though. Ooh. Oh, it's nice. Oh. Yeah, I haven't, I've got so many games like physically on my system now. I used to like have to shuffle them out all the time because I just I haven't bought an external drive yet. How do you feel about cloud gaming? Oh, I love it. I've um, I I've I've been doing it like um, I've had to travel a little bit for work and being able to um, I bought the Elite Two uh, Xbox controller. Um, and to be able to Bluetooth into my iPhone and then just play like most of the Xbox Game Pass games just on my my data, um, it's super impressive. I, I you know I wouldn't recommend it right now for like an online game. Like I wouldn't play Halo on cloud gaming, but um, you know just like little puzzle games, like it's it's perfect for it. Have you messed around with it at all? I have. Some of the smaller indie games that I've been messing around with actually support it, and that's why it really kind of drew me into wanting to check out um, the Game Pass as well, because a lot of the games they're now offering say, hey, cloud gaming only, and since I do have an older Xbox, I figured, hey, that's a pretty cool thing to try out and compare against. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely messed around with it. There's actually a game I'm going to recommend to you to try out. (laughs) It's a roguelite, um, 70s-based uh, alien hunter game <laughs> called Anacrusis or the Anacrusis. Oh, I, I think I've heard about that. I've heard good things. It's honestly a lot of fun, and the whole seventies like seventies movie style vibe of alien hunters is just really funny. It's it's That's like awesome. left for left for dead set in space in the seventies. You know, there's a whole disco fight scene to fight off like hordes of aliens. It, it's a it's a fun ride because a lot of there's a lot of roguelite games on the uh, on the Xbox Game Pass. I don't really hate it, but I also am not a huge like. Oh yeah, roguelite. That's got that's all 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 of what I search for. It's all of what I want out of a game. I don't really care that much. But for a <laughs> horde style game that doesn't have anything to do with zombies, I'm all all on board. 
for that. Yeah, so I'm guessing you didn't play uh, Back for Blood. I didn't. <laughs> uh, it just yeah, I, that's fair. It's really it's not even because zombies are scary; they just make disgusting noises. Yeah, they do. There's people <laughs> who eat like that, and it's just it's gross. <laughs> I can't sit there like the satisfaction of shooting a zombie because of that noise is great, but then you like you just hear it makes my skin crawl. You hear the the noises. It's like oh god, it's just stop. Close your mouth when you chew. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if a zombie was eating me, that's what I would be telling him. Excuse me, your manners, sir. He'd be like, oh, sorry, but in zombie form. So, you know, half a jaw and eating my voluptuous thigh because I work out. <laughs> I feel don't, like you, that's don't the... you miss us? Don't you guys miss I, us? I, I, I miss this a lot. I feel like it's the perfect ending to the episode. <laughs>